0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. This is Mark, just right at the top of the podcast, just uh, asking yet again that you can uh, share the podcast around with all your friends, family, whoever, and also to um, give us a rate and review where you can. And the last thing to say is if you have paranormal activity in your house and you're advised not to use a Ouija board, do it anyway. Welcome to creative psychopaths a horror movie podcast where we talk to a guest about their horror history this week we've got international podcast superstar and, <laughs> and famed character
1: actor paul salt hello there and thank you for having me on to uh, your show
0: you're <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> ah, yeah you brought blood oh, no, with you shit.
1: <laughs> He's, he goes everywhere I do now. But yes, um, yeah, we are big in at least two countries, therefore, or at least as big as we are in two countries. So that does make us international.
0: That counts as international. If you send one of your members uh, uh,
1: abroad, you are international. So that's. <laughs>
0: well, I have a Australian listener, so I think that makes me international <laughs> oh, yeah, too, definitely. Head <laughs> office
1: in the UK, of course. Of course. of course, of course, we're we're running a big business. Until tax here. becomes a concern, uh, then we'll, we'll then we'll think about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if ever, is this if this ever makes money, then I'll be very surprised. <laughs> um, right. So, um, let's get going on mm. this. So, what is the first horror movie you
1: can remember seeing? Now, does Casper count? Because that's that's I think the earliest one I remember going to see. It did have some spooky moments. The Crypt Keeper from Tales of of the Crypt is in there in a brief cameo. And he's pretty freaky for a kid to see. As is Clint Eastwood, which is also very freaky. Yeah, there's a bit where Bill Pullman looks in the mirror and his face morphs into various people, um, including Bill... No, not Bill Murray. Dan Aykwood is in it earlier. It's Clint Eastwood, Rodney Dangerfield, which is a reference for the kids. Uh, Mel Gibson, and then, yeah, the Crypt Keeper. And if you don't know who that is, then it's just a very scary-looking face.
0: <laughs> Basically a skeleton. Yeah, yeah,
1: he is. He's really unsettling. So that was early. I, d- um, I don't know if that counts as a probably horror movie. Not. But not. Uh, the thing is, if you... my early cinema memories are a lot stronger than my early home video memories. So I, I can't say which video right. it, it would have been. But I do remember going to see uh, The Haunting, Nineteen ninety nine, the dreadful remake of Robert Wise's classic Ghost Story, mm-hmm. with Owen Wilson. Yeah. So, but I do remember liking like the gothic atmosphere, the house, and even the terrible special effects. I remember being impressed by them as a kid. The bit where the bits of the bed come down and pin Eleanor to the bed. So I had bad taste as a kid. Very bad taste. <laughs> um
0: I, I had a conversation he... with someone the other day though that, that horror movies don't need good effects. And oh stuff God, like no! That. It's yeah. a lot.
1: No, not good horror. I, in fact, I was going to say that like my some of my favorite horror looks cheap. You yeah, know, you think yeah. something like the Blair Witch Project? It just doesn't. It looks incredibly cheap, but there's something so grody about that and so unsettling.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's surprising what you'll accept as a horror mm. film. Um,
1: oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean you get trained to it because so much good horror does not come from the sort of big studios. So you get used to the idea. I. I I will say it's a lot easier for me to be charmed by like crappy eight millimeter horror than it is for crappy digital horror. It's just that yeah, film right. grain carries just a little bit of weight and a little bit of menace. Um, it does, yeah. but that's Very that's true. The cinema. If it's home in general, then maybe Jaws if that counts because like we used to watch Jaws absolutely. We watched counts. that a lot when I was a kid, and I had to look away every time that head floats out of the boat. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a scary and moment. A really um, scary moment.
1: Or, yeah or jurassic park with the raptors in the kitchen i mean just spielberg spielberg used to scare me a lot when i was a kid
0: (laughs) et used to scare the shite out of me
1: (laughs) he's a creepy looking guy when um especially when he turns white yeah that's really unsettling and there's a bit where someone barges in and sees them and they're like "Ah," and he's like, like oh jesus that's a hell of a thing
0: So Spielberg's got a lot to answer
1: for. He's got a lot to answer for. Not to mention, Jesus, the children who were traumatised by Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Oh God. I recall being traumatised by Last Crusade as well.
1: Oh yeah, when when he's (laughs) super-ages. That's a grisly fate for any villain. Jesus. At least he was a Nazi yes
0: kill all nazis i think we can get away with <laughs> saying that i think that one's okay
1: <laughs> so long as so long as they're nazis spielberg can do whatever he likes them that Absolutely. guy in the jaws he was secretly a nazi as well <laughs> nazi fisherman yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> he was only
0: catching yeah perhaps
1: it's <laughs> hoping to feed the master race
0: <laughs> <laughs> so given that what point did you become a horror fan
1: you know it's really weird because I was such A nervous kid um, I remember being scared watching like Cartoons and kids programming Like there would be a totally innocuous moment But because they used like a weird noise Or an unsettling visual I would just be like really scared for the rest of the day And it's Then unaccounted for a period of time And by the time I'm 10 I'm asking for VHS copies of Slasher sequels for my birthday And asking my parents to record <laughs> zombie movies In the middle of the night no idea what happened in that interim and i asked mum in preparation for it. she didn't know so i don't know maybe you're just drawn to the things that scare you and i think my parents also enabled it because for as long as i remember they had the palace pictures 1990 vhs release of the evil dead right uh people can google this and what it looks like um it was the first general release of the film after it was banned as a video nasty in the 80s right. here in the uk So the box said at the top, at last, it's back, which I didn't get because it was the first movie, but (laughs) because it was gone, you weren't allowed to have this for 10 years. Um, And my parents kept it on the top shelf of their VHS collection, out of my little kid reach, but not out of my little kid view. So (laughs) it used to look down at me with its horrid red, green and yellow cover uh, with its little bright 18 certificate button. And The Spine had a grotesque picture of Ellen Sandvice as uh, the dead Cheryl, the basement kind of dead Yeah. And yeah, I just used to see that and ask about it and be told, no, you're not allowed to watch that. Um, Until I was 10, at about 10, before I left primary school, Mum relented and said, all right, you can watch The Evil Dead.
0: At ten, wow.
1: At yeah, at ten, and the vi- the movie, the video started with an advert for Evil Dead Two, which you can still see on YouTube under the title Evil Dead Two Brackets nineteen eighty seven UK VHS trailer uh, from a channel called uh, Horrorland Trailers, and that trailer scared me so much I had to stop it and wait for my sister to get home from school to watch the rest of it. <laughs> she got home expecting CITV.
0: Yeah, this is not <laughs> your, your average CITV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, it's a new show that they're doing. It's um, very, yeah. very hardcore. Um, I'm very, I admire them a great deal. But yeah, yeah. Mar- fun house has changed. <laughs> What's happened to Neil Buchanan? <laughs> but yeah, Mar- this is your heart attack now. <laughs> it's really an attack. <laughs> oh, look at the claymation. <laughs> But yeah, Mum really loved Alien and The Wicker Man and Eraserhead, and recorded those for me as well on sort of VHS. So VHS really defined my early experience of horror—that grainy, kind of wobbly visual. So yeah, I don't know exactly as it should. As it should, it's really good. It's a really good aesthetic. Um, That's a good way to start. I think so. So I don't know exactly when I became a horror fan, but horror has been in my life for pretty much as long as I can remember.
0: So since you were a kid, though, at least Ooh. like
1: oh god, yes.
0: For me, it wasn't until much later on.
1: Really? Yeah, you know,
0: the Poltergeist scared me so much that I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't go in to watch anything else. So a really was, spooky um, film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what's next? So, what's your favourite horror movie? Right.
1: Well, unfortunately, because I, I am a horror fan, I have this, you know, yeah. if I were to turn my camera, you would see my horror collection, and it's yeah, a sizable old guy. And I've, I want to say, oh, it's this really obscure Belgian horror film from the 1920s, you know, that nobody's seen and I've, I know about because I did all the research. But no, it's The Shining, The Exorcist, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Those are the scariest films for me. Uh, yeah, they're cliches for a reason, I think. Each one just light years ahead in communicating scary and unsettling ideas in a way that feels supernatural. Um, and as much as I love like other horror films, just the cinematic technique is so inventive and inhuman in places in different ways too the kubrick in the shining of his weird gliding camera that just menacingly follows his characters and the mm-hmm. texas chainsaw massacre which i don't know feels like it was just found it's not found footage but it feels like someone just found this movie in the desert and it's horrible um
0: Yes, it, it, it leaves you feeling quite grimy after watching it. Oh, it
1: really does. Just the, the soundtrack just feels like it wasn't composed by human beings. And you just wonder no, how it's... it came together. And I, I well, I, I did watch uh, The Evil Dead again last week, actually, <laughs> coincidentally. And it also has that malevolent yeah. feel. It has that menacing soundtrack, like, oh, how did you decide this is what it should sound like and arrive at this set of sounds? And, you know, the kind of grainy image. But it's also a lot funnier than I remember from being a kid. <laughs> so
0: yes yeah i i I, i've got the same feeling about evil dead 2 actually it's um (laughs)
1: yeah
0: i remember it being scary but when you go back and watch it well i I think it is still quite scary it's it's, it's what mood you're in and
1: that's the thing is sam raimi's really good at sort of horror comedy and as much as he makes movies that are really funny and really scary at the same time yeah And I think Army of Darkness, of course, he moves more into comedy than horror. But um, I imagine if I saw that at the right age, there would still be stuff in there that would really freak me out. Mm. But, yeah, a scene of Bruce Campbell just laughing on his own in a room whilst all the furniture laughs at him as well is simultaneously great comedic acting from Campbell. But also, ugh, Jesus, this is a horrible situation. Yeah, absolutely, Yeah.
0: In that film, Bruce Campbell really looks like he's cracking. Yeah. Like, it, actually, it's quite good. But I've always had no sympathy for that character because if you pick up a book made of obvious <laughs> flesh and read from it, you yeah. deserve everything that you get. Yeah,
1: And in Evil Dead 2, it's weird because each Evil Dead sort of had a mini remake of the first film at the beginning of it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, in the second one, he it's just him on his own. He finds a book of skin and uh, he's got his girlfriend with him. And the third one does he even have his girlfriend with him, or does he just go to a cabin on his own and starts reading the damn thing? He's just an idiot. in all three versions. <laughs>
0: um, I don't. I only remember the third one, him arriving in medieval times. So
1: yeah. And the third one in uh, the remake is even worse because the damn thing was wrapped in barbed wire and had warnings written all over it saying "Don't read this." <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, well, you know. Yeah. So you deserve everything you're going to get you if get, you read a book like you, that. Absolutely.
1: But I actually also really love what's happening in horror right now. In the last couple of years we've had, like, Titan, Sensor, uh, The Night House, Candyman, Possessor, St. Maud, uh, His House, we just had Amulet just came out in cinemas, even though it's 2020. So, yeah, I really love that horror movies right now are weird and vibrant and really free to a lot of voices who maybe wouldn't have been able to you know, say stuff in the 80s, so there's a lot of fresh perspectives out there. Um, yeah, there are a lot
0: of um, good... Mm-hmm new things that have come out um oh. <laughs> i really enjoyed his house actually yeah. um
1: that was good stuff yeah that's really memorable visuals in there the zoom out from the kitchen table where the wall's missing and they're just surrounded by oh god yeah that was creepy stuff
0: yes it is it it is. it's got um it's got that tension building quality that yeah. i i like in 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 horror um
1: definitely and i i love it when a horror movie can still get under my skin the last one that really did it was I saw it quite late? Um, Lake Mungo, uh, the Australian horror film, like semi-documentary, um, that upset me to the point of having a little trouble sleeping afterwards because of the central scare. I've um, we'll add
0: that to my list.
1: Oh man, this yeah, it's really good. It's like a really involving kind of mockumentary, but then it has this thing at the end that just ugh, still gets me. Um, parts of hereditary did that to me as well although i think hereditary over explained itself a bit come the end in terms of what was actually going on but nevertheless sometimes when i'm lying in bed at night i do listen extra hard to see if i hear a sort of i don't know if that click came out on on my mic but
0: uh. (laughs) Ah. awful Uh,
1: awful.
0: (laughs) so um well let's move on from there then so what is your favorite horror franchise
1: So I have a real soft spot for some of the franchises from my teen years, like Saw and Final Destination movies. Yeah. They have a real special place in my heart. And I think have actually aged quite beautifully as camp entertainment, especially Saw, which I think at the time was seen as this very edgy, controversial film series. Uh, Oh, you shouldn't be watching this, kids. This is a, you know, this is an adult treat. But now it's just a (laughs) circus of a franchise. The editing, the music choices, the acting it's really really silly and in a way yeah. that I think is quite charming now um,
0: that that's one franchise I can't stand
1: really the saw movies <laughs> I
0: liked the I liked the first two and and after that yeah. I've, I, <laughs> I, 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 I tend to feel like because you know there's gonna be a twist there's always a twist there. Yeah, I tend yeah. to feel like they are. Sort of going, Oh, look what we've done and I'm like, oh, Yeah, well they just did.
1: They were caught in a silly <laughs> loop of trying to up themselves whilst also sort of trying to deliver the same product over and over again. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, and it didn't it, it, it did get off the rails pretty quickly. But as a kid, I fell in love with the big three of Slasher movies, Halloween, Friday the thirteenth and a nightmare on Elm Street, and of those almost in spite of myself, because Halloween took the weirdest chances, the most ambitious chances, and Mm -hmm. nightmare is the most consistently creative and kind of fun but it's actually friday the 13th as my favorite of those yeah i i just kind (laughs) of love the aesthetic of american summer camp complete with 80s stylings 80s characters and because i don't know the first seven movies before the jason goes on holiday trilogy where he goes to um manhattan (laughs) hell and space the jason (laughs) holiday trilogy the first seven are so similar in formula that it allows for just kind of little interesting variations on the theme, like the filmmakers are tossing these tiny little pebbles in to see how it distorts, but not so much as it's going to end up in a different place, but, you know, what if the final girl is psychic? What if she is a survivor from the previous attack? Or what if she's Corey Feldman? You know, what's going to (laughs) change if we do these things? And it's it's fun because, yeah, the result is always the same, but it's fun getting there in slightly different ways. And also part six is just really underrated as a self-aware horror comedy. Oh yeah,
0: part six is absolutely my favourite one. Oh, I, yeah. I, I I I love that one. That's it's I binged so watched them all over yeah. a few days, few days <laughs> once, and um, that was the one that really stood out as yeah as the best one. And I agree with you that Friday the Thirteenth is my favourite um, franchise too. So I'm with yeah. you on that one. Awesome. I even love um, I even love the fifth one where it's not even Jason.
1: Yeah, I don't get the hate on that one. It's it's weird. It's it's. Yeah, because the fourth one is very strong, I think Because you've got these two rather strong and startling performances From Crispin Glover and um, Corey Feldman Um, And then, yeah, the fifth one, I don't know There's some really good deaths A very memorable bit of nudity for this young fan uh, When I was (laughs) a teen from from Deborah Voorhees in the picnic scene But, um, yeah, there's some very creative kills And it just is weird how you ask people, well, what's wrong with it? And they'll say, well, it wasn't really Jason It's like, so? It's interesting It's an interesting (laughs) wrong footing
0: and 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 really, it wasn't really Jason until the the end. Exactly. Up till then, it's Jason. <laughs> you don't don't worry about the fact that the reveal wasn't it was Jason. You were getting what you you were getting what Jason you, what you paid for yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's
1: actually fun to go back and watch again and just watch a couple of moments where he's not as good at being Jason, but like in a good way, like he gets a bit more winded than you'd yeah. normally see a Jason, or he reacts more to a pay, to a hurt thing. And it's like that's kind of cool. Yeah, but he's still killing people it like a Jason would.
0: <laughs> like, a, a j, a jason. like a jason
1: <laughs> he kills a guy with a leather strap in that one he puts the he, a strap around a guy's uh, head and then like gets him onto a tree and does the turning thing in order to make it tighter and tighter and is like crushes his skull gross. <laughs> Very gross that's what we're here for that's we're, here, we're for here for the
0: gross <laughs> we're here for the gross Absolutely. so <laughs> right well that is the end of the questions which means that's the first slice of bread in this horror sandwich um <laughs> dealt with so now we're going to go into the filling yes now i would ask you why you chose paranormal activity but basically i didn't give you much choice
1: (laughs) well you asked me what i'd like to talk about and obviously i told you that my favorite horrors were the three movies that everybody is going to have seen and heard about so Mm -hmm. um yeah and you would then counter offered a couple of options and i really (laughs) yeah i was drawn towards um do you have a name reveal of it so
0: it is Paranormal Activity, it's... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is.
0: But um, that'll be the title of the, of the oh, episode, so we're all right now. <laughs> right, okay, so now we're going mm. into the filling, which is Paranormal Activity. Um, so a few facts to get us started. So apparently this film debuted at Screamfest in 2007, um, but it didn't get its theatrical re- release mm. until 2009.
1: Yes, they had to build up a lot of momentum there because they did something really interesting with the marketing.
0: Yeah um oh well you can tell me about that because i haven't written anything like
1: that <laughs> well just briefly then so what they did is they filmed this movie obviously very independently and then they got spielberg interested and in, i think emblem entertainment or whatever it is that he does agreed to distribute it um and so what they did is they decided to have a test screening to try and prove to them that we didn't need to remake this and they did a test screening in california and they filmed it they filmed the audience reactions and, you know, they got plenty of footage of people jumping and, like, being scared. It's a really good audience. They lucked out there, I think. Um, no, actually, I don't know if they did luck out, because as I said, the audience has reacted well to this film. Um, and then they just used that footage, and they put together a trailer. And in what is the earliest instance I can think of of this kind of marketing, they put out the trailer with a link saying, demand that this movie comes to your city. So you could log on and you could, you know, type fill in kind of like a petition to say if this comes to my city, I will go see it. And that allowed them to sort of convince the higher ups that this movie had an audience and hey presto, no remake. And it was released really wide and yeah, most successful film, one of the most successful films ever made. So I've got
0: I've got fifteen thousand in production, um two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars post production, which
1: Yeah um once spielberg got involved i think he suggested a different ending so there was some reshoots and special effects stuff because they they ah. talked about remaking it they did say okay this is a really good premise we'll remake it and that is kind of crazy because you think well, what would be the point are you gonna put name actors in here mm-hmm. like that would so not be part of the charm of it but so it's a good thing they ended up releasing the original film they made but yeah it needed some polishing
0: yeah i read um I read what you said that they were going to remake it and add this film as like a DVD extra.
1: Yeah. But, um <laughs> most successful indie film of all time as like an extra on a DVD. It's I'm a glad that weird they did. Ultimate History. Yeah, because it doesn't work out great. Like, if you look at the times, like Mama or. Um... What was on Lights Out, where they sort of say, "Oh, hey, this is a really interesting kind of indie horror project. Let's make it glossy and big," and it just doesn't tend. It to doesn't work,
0: work yeah. Um, so I've got here that it made 193.4 million dollars box office, um, yep. and th- I've also got that Paramount bought the rights for this film for 350 thousand dollars, making it the mm-hmm. most profitable return investment ever. Yes, In I believe movies. that is
1: still the case because Terminator is like one of the most successful indie horror, uh, indie movies ever. But um, compared budget to profit, yeah, I think it's still paranormal activity.
0: Wow, which is amazing. It is. So this is the first of a few sequels, but mm. chronologically it is the third film.
1: <laughs> um... Oh, is it actually? I know that the. Because I, I drifted away a little bit by the time we got past the numbered sequels. I watched the first four, and yes. I know that the third one is a prequel.
0: I think the third one is a prequel, and the marked ones... It's is a reveal. It's a sort right. of a sidequel, really.
1: There's a reveal at the end where they come yeah. out in the first house. That's right, I remember now. Yeah, it's kind. <laughs> I think
0: it is kind of a sidequel,
1: really. I think um, I saw those last two once each, and I, didn't, <laughs> I don't remember them very well. <laughs>
0: I've enjoyed every one so far
1: I really like the franchise in general I have to say but for some reason I the first four I, I went and saw at the cinema and it's I think an ideal place to watch these movies because they are kind of gotcha movies you know they're movies with a couple of jump scares and a lot of foreboding atmosphere um, but for whatever reason I didn't get round to seeing the last two so I remember them less
0: Yes yeah, so I'm going to try and get to see Next of Kin which apparently is the newest one.
1: Oh wow okay I, s- I vaguely
0: saw the start of it and it looks very clean. Ah. Um, clean for a camera, really, for a, oh, for a found okay. footage or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. So um, we open with a bit of text suggesting that this is um, all real, which mm. we don't don't really need, but anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all real.
0: Uh, we're introduced to Mika and Katie and a big-ass camera. Um <laughs> And an already established paranormal problem. Um, mm. There's a few bits of them just being a couple, which I actually think it, it works okay. Yeah. Um, Kate seems apprehensive about the um, the camera. We see... We cut to Amika playing a guitar on the sofa, which is very annoying. Um, <laughs> I hate when people do that. Like, just shut up with your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> we get a scary ice machine. And then uh, Mika is a bit of a perv on camera. I find him unlikable from the start. Uh, So we cut to um, night one, which Mm. is all, um, you know, like night camera, what's the word, night vision sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, What I did notice is is here, I don't know if this is an American thing, but there's so much stuff on the bed before they get in the bed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've I've seen that in other American things. And I think it's an old sort of fashioned uh, 90s comedian complaint that women like to put too many pillows and such and coverings. It's like a grandparent thing here. My mother always had loads of... Um, my grandmother used to have loads of stuff on the bed that had to be removed.
0: They seem to throw the duvet on the floor as well.
1: I was like, <laughs> you need this for warmth. <laughs>
0: um, so that night we don't get much uh, loud noise and a bang. It doesn't really do anything. Um, morning, if I remember correctly. Oh, oh. oh.
1: <laughs>
0: that tends to be throughout it sort of. A, uh, <laughs> um. The next morning, Katie finds her keys on the floor. Mika dicks about in a pool, um, <laughs> giving her the finger for some reason, which doesn't make any sense.
1: there's superior um, pool dicking around in the second one, where he quotes Highlander.
0: Oh well, that at least that's better than just giving her the finger for some reason i'm in the pool you should get the finger <laughs> so a psychic gets summoned uh which Mika's us unhappy about for some reason uh there's a hilarious joke with some spooky music which is not hilarious all so. right tell me how excited you are to meet our psychic who will be here within the hour
1: the doctor will be here huh oh, huh i'm just like so excited, I I see excited out, so. Can see excited face
0: can't contain yourself let yeah. it all out
1: don't be shy. I got something uh, quite appropriate for your psychic though, I think. What? You know, stumbled upon it.
0: Ooh,
1: show me. Maybe I'll play this when he gets here. I think it'll make him feel at home. You are totally not taking this
0: seriously. Uh, psychic The psychic seems to think Mika is a stupid name
1: like get said or does he have like a face or something when he gets told mika i'm not sure
0: oh yeah the... <laughs> he does <laughs> i've re- <laughs> i've written that i forgot what it goes if he goes mika he goes and he's right it is a stupid name
1: it's an unusual name
0: uh the psychic is a normal guy He doesn't seem to be fake or anything which i thought was nice he didn't seem to be like trying to take them for their money or anything he was just sort of like yeah it's very earnest know. In all likelihood, this isn't what you think it is. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We get some backstory from Katie. Um, that this mm. has happened before and to her and her sister, especially focused on her. we have seen mm. a black mass at the end of her bed, mm. a fire at her old house with no apparent start, and mm-hmm. this has been happening to her periodically since she was 13.
1: Mm.
0: Um, she talks about water turning on. Uh, flashing lights, scratching sound and whispering. Mm. Um, let's mm-hmm. see. What I did notice is that this is filmed in the director's own house, but it's an odd, odd house for a for a couple because they've got yeah. three set up bedrooms. And yes,
1: things. the end of that hall is rather empty, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, why have you got
0: two <laughs> extra bedrooms?
1: Who's with you? Yeah, and he's well, he's meant to be a day trader, so I guess maybe if he's very successful, then he's able to afford this place but yeah it is it is very have an office, large. yeah
0: maybe <laughs> Anyway, I don't know why that is one of those things that bugged me uh, <laughs> we get shown the camera recording is set up psychic explains that the entity will feed off negative energy mm. uh, the psychic then explains that he thinks they have a demon mm. uh, not a ghost he recommends a yeah. demonologist but Mika's mm. not happy well Mika's a prick about it basically
1: <laughs> indeed
0: they have um, some nice bathroom moments I thought but then Meek is a prick again. <laughs> they have a they they have sex. Yep. Uh, afterwards yep. which Meek is a prick again. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a theme. It is a theme. It is actually a theme. Yeah, yeah, the, the theme is that Meek is a prick. Mm. Um, so night 3 uh creaking we hear lots of creaking. Uh, the door opens and closes slightly. Creakiest door in the world, by the way. <laughs>
1: like, Oh, I don't know. I we... think I could rival it in this old Victorian place. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> We've got some bad doors.
0: That seems like a new house. i so like, get some WD-40. Uh...
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: creakiest door. <laughs> uh, we discover that... We discover that why they have a demon, it's because they wake up at 6.14am in the morning, which mm. is a ridiculous time. I don't mind it's that it's so early, but six fifteen, mm. six ten, 6.10 is fine,
1: 6.14, <laughs> well, of, Get course, out what... of here. It's yeah. madness. <laughs> I guess that's where they felt they could stretch the footage to. Maybe they should have had, because what they've done is they've put the actors in bed and they've had them there for like a couple of hours. Yeah. And then when they fast forward, you're... obviously it's fast forwarding faster than, you know, it's yeah. actually moving, so maybe it was like, okay, we can't, we can't make this go any quicker. We're gonna have to get them out of bed at six fifteen.
0: I wouldn't mind if it was six fifteen, but six fourteen is madness. Oh, that's
1: dreadful! Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get up at a round time.
1: <laughs> we just need one more minute out of this. No, it's gonna look <laughs> crazy. The audience will notice. <laughs> uh, let's see. So they review mm. the footage. Uh, yeah. Mika plays his stupid
0: guitar again, and there's a spider um mm. let's see we get research um yeah oh yeah they start researching it a bit and in the discussion mika makes a very valid point about not being told about all this evil presence stuff
1: mm. <laughs>
0: which i feel is he does have a valid point in this particular thing he's still a prick about it though
1: yeah it is tricky to mention on a uh on a plenty of fish profile
0: <laughs> yeah, but he does. He does go to say she. She goes, "What well, was supposed to mention this on the first date?" He goes, "I oh, know. What about maybe the thirtieth day, or you know, when we decided to move in together?" So yeah, yeah. He does, yeah. Have, a, he does have a good
1: point. <laughs> um, yeah, it should have come up.
0: <laughs> so let's see. Night five. Katie wakes suddenly. There's a loud noise downstairs. Um, everything seems to be fine though. And then we hear uh, sound recording from that night. Why have I written this in such a weird way? (laughs) So Mika is a prick about a Ouija board. Which is true. He he keeps wanting to have one. Um, Yeah. And then Mika is also a prick about uh, calling the demon worthless. Mm -hmm. Then we get to night 13. Um, We get loud crashes. Uh, Katie and Mika wake up. Uh, There are footsteps down. A loud roar. Uh, they rush downstairs to see a swinging chandelier more sounds are heard like footsteps, Mika asks questions to no one,
1: Hmm. no this
0: is the day after, Mika asks questions to no one Um, he asks about a Ouija board we get a slight grunt that can be heard on examination of the audio growl
1: where did you come from? do you have something to say in English this time?
0: got nothing to say, huh? Be happy to
1: talk with the Ouija board.
0: Whoa. What
1: the hell?
0: Do you want a Ouija board? Is that a a yes?
1: Uh, Let's find out. Let's take it as a yes.
0: They've got Tim Allen in there. Uh? (laughs) Oh, God, no. Burn this place. (laughs) Uh, So night 15, Katie seemingly wakes up, gets out of bed and stands watching Mika sleep for around two hours and she leaves mm. the room. I remember watching that at the time and thinking that up to that point, despite the fact that we were banging and crashing, that is one of the creepiest moments. Oh, yeah. She,
1: yeah, it's really good. Yeah, with the slight sway. Yeah, that's really creepy.
0: You know, and it works so much as you do feel mm-hmm. like she's standing for two hours. You know, it's like you said the camera effect and the way they speed things up, but it's like... yeah. She's stood there for 2 hours. Yeah. So Mika wakes up to try and find Katie. Searches the house and finds her outside on a swing seat. She seems kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mika is not a prick this time. <laughs> he goes to get blankets. While inside mm. the house he hears a slam upstairs. Mm. And the TV is showing static. So now we know they're here. Mm. <laughs> There's a bit of a poltergeist reference. She was. <sighs> uh so Katie comes back upstairs with no memory of being awake. Um the next review of the footage, uh they discuss some bad nightmares and how scared Kate is. Mm. Um Mika is still saying they don't need a demonologist. <laughs> and this time the prick actually does set up a Ouija board before they go out. Yeah. Uh, Kate Kate is real pissed about pissed off about it, but oh, they go out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they have a really shitty night out.
0: <laughs> well, because he's a prick. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> The camera is on a, on the Ouija board, and we hear a loud, continuous noise, followed by a strong breeze. Mm. Um, the, I've written planchette, is that
1: right? Yeah, planchette, <laughs> yeah.
0: It moves around on its own, spelling something, but we don't really see what it is. Um, mm. It sets on fire. It's a good effect. I actually thought it was a pretty good yeah, effect. Yeah. There's a lot of way you think, oh, I, I know how they did that, but in this case, it's like... <laughs> You know, I can see magnets and stuff under a table, but there's nobody hiding under the
1: table. Those maybe. <laughs> isn't. Anyway. Well, yeah, they, they do a couple of times like the cut-off image thing. So when the sheep sort of billows up around her legs, that's because they may well have had some guy lying on his back with a leaf blower, and then you just composite <laughs> like the shot with the upper half of the image different from the lower half, which does ruin it a little bit if you just sort of imagine. No
0: wonder they're waking up. <laughs>
1: Who is that? There's a special effects guy in here.
0: <laughs> it's a demon with a leaf blower. We
1: don't need a demonologist,
0: we need a union guy. Sorry, I'm a low-powered demon. I need, this leaf. I need... <laughs> I need the home tools. Uh, so when they arrive home, Katie is very annoyed about the Ouija fire. Um, mm. And Meek is still not taking it seriously, it seems. Uh, yeah. Meek agrees on camera not to be a prick, and is a mm. prick while doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I swear to abide by Katie's rules and regulations of camera use and other things. Whatever. Is that good enough for you? I think it needs to be a little more sincere. I swear to abide by Katie's rules and regulations of camera use and to not offend this entity or whatever it is in any way, shape or form, so help me God. And I promise not to betray Katie's trust. I promise not to betray Katie's trust. Is there anything else?
0: Katie's friend Amber comes over, she invites her to stay, but she said it's following me and not the house. Mm. Let's see, Mika spreads talc all over the upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what he's trying to prove because there is obviously something in the house so I don't know where he's going (laughs) with it at
1: least we found out it's got weird like demon foot feet hey you've got weird weird demon foot yeah Uh, let's see me
0: tells Katie to shut up why have I written that oh I know why because (laughs) she's talking and before they go to sleep he goes you're too quiet to talk you're too pretty to talk so excellent
1: (laughs) indeed what a lovely thing to say I think he's being a cheeky guy. I think he's a cheeky guy. He's, a, he's also a he's also a twat.
0: Yeah, he is an absolute <laughs> prick. Um, we hear loud footsteps, and we see footsteps in the powder in the powder into the bedroom. Mm. Um, as you said, they're sort of three-toed demony, yeah, demony footsteps, demony footsteps. Uh, they investigate, find an open attic door. He mm. investigates and find a picture, pritch- because
1: he's pritch-er. a prick. <laughs> Everything finds is brick themed.
0: <laughs> a burned picture of Katie as a child. Mm. Finally agreed to call the demonologist after Maker yep. is brick. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So when we get to night eighteen, um, mm. lights switch on downstairs. A loud noise is heard. Then the bedroom door slams shut. A loud noises heard behind the closed doors. Loud footsteps, but hey, nothing is there. They investigate. The door mm-hmm. slams again, and then more loud noises heard in the bedroom. Very loud noises. Mm. And the next day, um, a smash is heard, and the oh, yes, they the f- discover a picture of the two of them. And Mika is smashed because he's a prick.
1: <laughs> he's also scratched. <laughs> he's got those claw marks over his face. Uh,
0: by the end of this, that's what I wanted to do to him. <laughs> What the fuck is that? <sighs> I'll check the mirrors. Our picture. My picture. No, look. My
1: face
0: is scratched and yours isn't. Something's here. This is bullshit. It's here. I was on the demon's side.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Um it was Roger Ebert was right. It's the demonologist about watching <laughs> <Mika's> get stuck.
0: <laughs> the demonologist is out of town, so the psychic comes back, but he fucks off straight away.
1: Yeah, fuck this.
0: He comes in and goes, no, bye-bye. <laughs> Help me. No. Nope. Wow. We need your help.
1: This is, this is overpowering. It's getting worse. Oh, yes, it certainly down. doesn't like that I'm here, and I cannot help you. What? In fact, I've got to get out of here. No, this no, thing no, is no, very no, no. aggravated, you the fact that I'm here. here. Wait, this wait, is not... wait, wait.
0: Everybody calm down. We need your help.
1: Well, I've got to tell you, I am not the person to help you in this situation. This is not my area of expertise. I think I'm doing more harm being here than any good. Yes, I really have got to leave and Dr. Avery's will be back in a few days and when he gets back here he'll take care of yeah. all it. What should we do? Should we should, we, help should we leave? Should we and leaving won't help at all. Let me see what I can do but I have got to leave this room right now. This I've is no joke. I will help you. I will help you but I can't do this right no, now. No, 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 no. I'm serious? This is not... here cuz I didn't think there was a
0: demon. Oh. <laughs> this is um this is not poltergeist where they would have been like yes let us help you. This guy goes, "No. Bye-bye." <laughs> You're the hero of this story. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I have things to do. Uh, so night 19, we hear a loud rumble. The bed sheets move on their own. Uh, the lights switch on and off. And Katie feels breathing on her. Mm. Um, Mika shows Katie a story about a girl who who dies. That's not very nice of him to do, really.
1: Look, this is the worst case scenario I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen to you This is a girl like you (laughs) Here's some gory footage of her death
0: Does that make you feel better? No
1: (laughs) So all we need to do is not do that What did she do? Uh... (laughs) Well tying her to a bed didn't seem to help (laughs) So (laughs) Which is a shame because I have all these straps now that I've bought on eBay but you know So we're not going to tie you to the bed Okay (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) It's the first reasonable thing you've said this whole time.
0: (laughs) Although actually, come to think of it, this next night it probably would have been worthwhile because Katie is dragged into the spare room. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Very good effect, scary moment. Oh, yeah. Mika does save her, though. This time he's good. Mm. Um, The next morning (laughs) they discover that she's got a bite mark on her and decide to leave the house. Mm. But then suddenly Katie decides all is good and they should stay.
1: Oh, oh no! Uh, uh, I thought we both wanted to leave this party. Now you want to Now you've got talking to someone. Uh
0: I think I'll go though. You can stay. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, we've both got to stay. Well, you know, it's following you,
0: not me. I'll go. You. Yeah, true. <laughs> it obviously hates me. No, come on.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll
0: stay. Uh so Katie gets out of bed again stares at Mika for 2 hours she goes downstairs Katie mm. screams and Mika investigates mm. there's silence mm. then loud footsteps uh-uh. Mika is thrown at the camera revealing ah! a bloody Katie <laughs> <laughs> Katie investigates the camera and then we're treated to a jump scare mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> a, a poor jump scare <laughs> a poor
1: yeah, man's a part, jump scare part of the many thousands of dollars spent post production <laughs> that maybe could have been spent elsewhere.
0: (laughs) But that brings us to the end of the movie, but I think Mm. we'd be remiss to uh, ignore the original ending where Katie goes downstairs, um, Mika follows her, then you don't hear what goes on, but I think she kills him, but then
1: she comes back with a knife. like Oh, that's right. That's right. And then the police show up and
0: shoot her, I think.
1: Yeah, she waits there for days and days and days in like this catatonic state and then yeah, suddenly the police um the police show up and uh yeah, shoot her. But there's another ending as well. Oh. Um Yeah, that one it was um kind of a grim one. She she does the same thing, only this time she comes to her back to her room and she doesn't go and get shot by the police. She just sort of looks at the camera and then slits her own throat and then just falls to the floor. I did so know that
0: one. I did know yeah. that one too, yeah. It,
1: They're fairly bleak.
0: (laughs) They're all pretty bleak.
1: They are fairly.
0: Actually, I think (laughs) that might have been the better one. The cutting the throat might have been the actual better ending. but
1: Maybe. The thing is, I do like the jump scare. I like Mika's body being thrown at the camera. I think it's a good payoff to what has been a movie of kind of edging, (laughs) of just trying to get people (sighs) in that space, of being unsettled and creeped out. And it plays surprisingly well to a crowd. Like, for mm-hmm. a movie that so many people accuse of being boring, you watch it with... I remember watching it with crowds back in, like, 2009, is it, that this was released? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember it playing really well, and people, like, gasping when the sheets would move or the door would move slightly because it has such a feel of authenticity that the smallest thing feels really dramatic because people are buying into the reality of the film. Yeah. Um, and having that great big jump scare at the end, it's very big and it's very out of character, but it is quite a good sort of payoff moment, but the fake face bit I'm not a big fan of, um, and I don't know what I'd have done better, like I mean, maybe something Blair Witchy, because Blair Witch does have the best one of the best horror endings of all time with the sort of broken Absolutely. camera and the juddering image, so maybe, you know, after Mika gets thrown at the camera, we see Katie's feet sort of stomp in and then maybe the camera just gets hit by something and flies into the corner of the room or something I don't know, but the face is a bit much
0: yeah, and I feel like, like such a like I try to imply it feels like they went for a jump scare but it, it isn't
1: it's just a it's just a sort of nothing. But the face isn't. The Mika f- flying at the camera is a big oh yeah, that, jump scare that gets a good. reaction. That's a every time. Scare, yeah. That's really good.
0: I feel like they tried to sneak one in at the end but it doesn't work.
1: Um not really. Yeah.
0: I guess, cynically, what you've got to say is that that ending's put in there because they saw this and went, well, we're going to make sequels forever for this.
1: <laughs> Quite possibly. I think it was just like, okay, let's have one last... Let's have <laughs> one last fit." Otherwise, people are going to complain you don't ever see anything in the movie. So we'll put, like, the actual demon face in for, like, a second. But it looks bad, and it's... It's weird. Like, why is it snarling at the camera? Why is it doing that? You know, it's...
0: I suppose it does hate the camera.
1: It does hate the camera. And Mika. And the camera is an extension of Mika, so... So, um
0: mm. I've backed myself into a corner with my review system here because I'm literally okay. I'm only offering two options. So the option is <laughs> is it a creative psychopath or is it shit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say that this is a very creative psychopath and <laughs> I think too. by the criteria that I've come to understand it. <laughs> it's um it's very creative simply because it is quite different from what else was around. I mean, obviously Blair Witch was there, but that was 10 years earlier and had really not It rent. What the Blair Witch begot a few uh, early noughties found footage movies, but not much. I think probably it's most mainstream contribution to cinema was the fact that the beginning of that dreadful Texas chainsaw massacre remake is a found footage thing. That's probably yeah. the big kind of output there. But at the time, paranormal activity came about in 2009. Horror movies were three things They were dreadful Michael Bay produced often Remakes of classic slasher movies Platinum and mm-hmm. that kind of thing I hated those They were the dying embers of the torture porn movement Which had started in like, 2004 with Saw and Hostel But was already starting to lose money And the Saw franchise would last for another two years or so Which I think is one year I think it ended in 2010 So it's it's on it's way out Right yeah and the third thing you get in, in your multiplex, you know, obviously good stuff happens in the periphery, you know, periphery. But in your multiplex, the other kind of horror movie you're getting is Spanish language movies about ghosts that are coming over in the wake of Pan's Labyrinth, Right. Something like Ju- Julia's Eyes and uh, The Orphanage, things like that, um, which are great. But the ghosts always turn out to be friendly and are actually trying to warn our main characters about um humans who are the real danger, which is very cool and bespeaks a really interesting spiritual difference between us and, you know, the like the countries that are produced the cultures that are producing these films. But I like my ghost to be scary yeah. and bad. I want to get you So paranormal Activity was such a refreshing change of pace. It it doesn't have any like over the top violence for no reason. Um it doesn't have that grungy, naughty green and yellow aesthetic. It doesn't want to do most of its jump scares with uh, annoying stings, like sudden music stings of, nah, nah. You know, it's it's just playing it very cool, it's very subtle, and it's very menacing. And for that reason, it was a complete change of pace from everything around it. And I think it was kind of instrumental in terms of paving the way for the supernatural horror films that kind of dominated the 2010s. Thank God.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I- I'm going to give it a creative psychopath too. Um, yay! I... I still stand by the fact that I think this is probably the scariest movie out there.
1: Oh, that's yes. You mentioned this in our, um, Patreon thing. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I think,
0: I think it mm. stands out as the scariest movie. What I will yeah. say about it, given this mm. way of doing podcasts when I watched it, because I watched it twice mm. when I watched it, I, I got that feeling watching it because you get involved. And like you say, it's like mm. edging and it gets you all the way yeah. there. Um, and, <laughs> And I, I really enjoyed it. But the second time, like, writing out the plot and everything, I really found the characters to be really frustrating. Um... Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I, I have to say, I do find them look fairly endearing, especially Katie. But the thing about Mika is he's, he's more than just a prick. He's a very bad boyfriend because he is not listening to her. So the ghost of this movie is a good stand-in. In all good supernatural horror movies, it's not really about the thing that's haunting them. It's about the impact on the relationship. And mm-hmm. I, I could equate it quite closely with my experience, my second girlfriend's experienced depression. And I was basically the meeker to her situation. I wanted to fix it. I wanted to solve it. And I had methods that I researched and it was like, this will fix it. And when it didn't fix it, I got frustrated often with her. And I was I was a dick. And I feel like this is something that's being challenged in movies. And so I can find it somewhat relatable. And it's kind of like Midsommar. You know, with the boyfriend and that. Mishima's more full-on in terms of this boyfriend is a fucking monster. Um, <laughs> but this movie has Mika, and yes, he is a prick, and he's ignoring her, he's going against her wishes, he's not listening to her, and he's treating this thing as a problem he needs to fix for her, sort of, you know, yeah, as yeah. the white knight in this situation. Um, and yeah, and he gets fucking murdered for it.
0: <laughs> you're right, though, in what you're saying. Mm. It's just that what gets me in this is that it's not like one of these situations where he hasn't he hasn't had it proved to him that what's yeah. happening is what yeah. happening is is so he just He just keeps trying to prove it more it, and more decisively He just keeps trying to prove it more and more decisively but then yeah. you know and ultimately he gets killed for it so
1: Yeah he does he doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't respect the idea that these demonologists might have a better idea of what's going on than he does, which you know if you want to follow my mental health metaphor could be, you know, psychiatrists and therapists you know, it's like they can't fix you. I can fix you. You know, and it's just he's just such a toxic boyfriend. And oh, he's all, he's awful. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: I couldn't I couldn't stand him.
1: <laughs> Car- um... Personality-wise, because it, it's um, Mika Sloat and Katie Featherston. It's their actual names, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was improvised uh, by them. And they're a little bit, so I find their relationship fairly charming. I like the sex joke thing of um, that was illegal in at least seven states or whatever it is. He says <laughs> it's cute.
0: Yeah, uh, no, you're you're right. A lot of the interactions on camera mm. um are really good, and there are bits. Mm. Um, a specific part, which I you know is strange, but where mm. she warns him not to go any further back because he's going to trip over something. So yes, it really adds to the realism of that particular situation. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh yeah,
1: that's good. though yeah, I like that. <laughs> and I, I well, yeah, I, there's a sequence in it that I find really menacing. And it's weird because it's not a a moment that sticks out to many other people, but it's the bit where they hear something in the attic. And so they're going to go up there and explore. And Mika has the camera, and without going into the attic himself, he shoves the camera up there and turns it round so he can watch the footage back and see if there's anything up there. And it was so interesting because I couldn't think of any other horror movie where the audience is diegetically being forced to go somewhere where our characters are not. You know, our characters are too afraid mm. to go into the attic, but we're but going. We have to go. We're going up there for them, and that's oh, yeah. yeah, a really interesting moment. It's really spooky up there. It's all dark, and there's that bright light, and they only find the picture in the end. But there's a lot of suggestion in there, and you keep you keep scanning the rafters to see if you're going to see like a hand or a pair of eyes or something looking back at you, and it's yeah, really spooky.
0: Yeah, you're right. Mm. i never even thought of it like that. <laughs>
1: Whew. Scared me again. <laughs> yeah. Just quick check behind me. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> 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 ah, the um, speakers I've been trying to sell for three weeks. Ah, that is scary. That is genuinely scary.
0: <laughs> Especially if they're on the old Facebook marketplace.
1: Are these for sale?
0: Ooh. No no response. <laughs> <laughs> um right, so let's let's complete the filling of this uh, horror sandwich. Mm. Which I really should have called the podcast, but
1: here we are. Horror sandwich is what it is. Please listen to my horror sandwich. Please listen to my horror sandwich. <laughs>
0: it's full of treats. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I've made some horror uh, sandwiches in my
0: time. So let's butter the next piece of bread <laughs> and um, finish off with the last two questions. Mm. So what we've got is what is a scary moment from a non-horror um, movie that you remember?
1: So Kubrick scares the shit out of me no matter what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, The Renaissance Room in 2001. It's really spooky. What are those noises? What's going on next door? Um, The stalking scenes in Eyes Wide Shut, where Tom Cruise is being followed. Private Pyle's meltdown in Full Metal Jacket. He's just got a talent for really unnerving moments. Yeah. Um, but also, the man behind Winkies and Mulholland Drive is the best jump scare in any movie because that movie tells you exactly what's going to happen and then it happens and it still scares the living crap out of you. So. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a good one. <laughs> um, oh. I love that question because I never know where people are going to go with it.
1: Yeah, I try to think because obviously, you know, my mind immediately goes to like that very old Nostalgia Critic video, you know, spookiest moments and like kids and family entertainment and stuff. And I try to think of... If there were any moments from, like... I remember James and the Giant Peach, the rhino, scared the crap out of me as a kid. Um, the big rhino that's also a storm cloud. I remember being spooked out by that. And I remember the Crypt Keeper in uh, Casper <laughs> scaring me. So, uh, those I guess. But yeah, as an adult, these are the moments that still scare me when I'm watching these things. Fair
0: enough. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm.
1: So, if you could make a non-horror movie a horror mm. movie, what would you choose? Well, Christopher Nolan originally developed Inception as a horror movie, and I'd be curious to see what would have happened to that if he kept going. In particular, I'd be interested to see what Christopher Nolan would do about a horror movie, and it's hard to imagine him doing that now that he's the big blockbuster guy. But eh, Yeah. Never say never. No, maybe Oppenheimer will be <laughs> really spooky. But <laughs> that, that would be interesting. But when The Mummy came out in 2017, The Tom Cruise Mummy... Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I can remember thinking is why would you try and make a shared universe out of classic horror properties by turning them into bland action movies? Why would you not try and make a blockbuster horror universe, a la The Conjuring-verse, with Mm -hmm. these properties? But, so that one I would have been like, well, that's a no-brainer, surely. But The Invisible Man uh, moved us back towards that, and I don't know if they're still planning on doing a shared universe with it. I think they're doing sequels to it, but Yeah, fingers crossed that Universal have remembered the thing that every studio in the world seems to forget, which is that horror movies tend to make money if you put them out there. And it's an experience that lends itself to going to see at the cinema with other people, so you will actually get people leaving their homes to go see a horror film. And, yeah, just hopefully they'll remember that, make horror, and put it in cinemas.
0: Yeah, you're right. No, um, that Mummy mummy movie really should have been... um...
1: Mm. I don't know, why, like you say, I don't know why
0: it wasn't a horror movie. It yeah. just, um well, it or well. even just a scary movie of uh, 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 of any you know any kind. But um, oh,
1: you know that's a non-horror movie because I don't think you could really call Brendan Fraser's The Mummy um, a horror movie as such. But I do remember being very frightened by Imhotep once he starts staggering about the place.
0: I was going to say, yeah, it's got horror horror elements. Like, oh, I think so. You know, especially we've got decompose body and <laughs> steal someone else's um sort of life and whatever you. So that actually Yeah that just work out that just oh, yeah. work out as it's certainly got good horror elements in it. Yeah. Certainly more so than Tom
1: Cruise's. Yeah. And Brendan Fraser is scary charismatic, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us
0: it. That brings us to the end. We've yes. finally slapped that final final piece of bread on, so all we need to do is <laughs> Cut it into triangles or squares or rectangles Triangle or whatever. Triangles is correct. Triangles is correct. Okay. <laughs> Tastes better. That is true. It does taste better. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. all we have to do is say uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And thank you to Paul for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here?
1: Oh, God. I've got a lot of stuff these days. It's very annoying. There's... um. Well, I mean, there's still the standard. There's OGT Pod, uh, old reliable, as I like to call it, to get people excited about this podcast. No, it's it's still the podcast that we absolutely love doing, where we watch terrible movies in order to find nice things to say about them. Um, in addition to that, there is ScreenMayhem.com, where which features less and less of my writing these days and more and more of my new podcast, Jen and the Film Critic, uh, which we're mm-hmm. trying to basically mean uh, Jen Blundell trying to be the new Kimmer and Mayo, uh, because we des- we definitely need one. the the, the one we have just like Moonfall. Come on. We've got, to, we've got to change that out. Um, and then there's the new... Um, oh, I can't remember the letters yet. TTRPG, I think, is all of them. Um, a role-playing game, real-play uh, podcast, which is Quest Fantastic. So you can find me in these places.
0: I can recommend Quest Fantastic. It's very good. And <laughs> and, and GT.
1: And, and, and Paul and Jen's a good one, too. I, <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> well, thank you very much. And yes, we shall be definitely plugging this on... Um, on the uh, OGT as well. so Well, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> right, everyone. So yeah, thank you very much again for listening. Uh, don't forget you, you can join the Facebook group that mm. I have started um, right. on there, on there each week. I'm going to be letting you know what film I'm doing. So you can always put a comment in if you want to. Mm. And if you want to contact me at the podcast, it is creative psychopaths <laughs> pod at gmail.com. Uh, so the last thing to say is Bye. Oh, I...